All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Living Extraordinary podcast and slash YouTube video, videos, channel. I don't know, whatever. Uh, anyway, today, Danielle is going to interview Deborah Miller, who is an EFT tapping practitioner. So that's super cool. Um, she actually uh, gives us a free tapping little session like that she gives in the middle, and I did it, and I felt super awesome afterwards. So you should totally listen to the whole thing and do that. She has a book. She's a cool lady. Um, check it out. I hope you like it. And please subscribe and push the little bell thing down there. Um, I don't know. The bell just like sends you notification whenever we have like a new video, if you care. And then also um, like it because then that's good because then other people um, can get it in their little suggestion feeds or something. And also, if you stay on it more than five minutes, that's good for us. <laughs> All right. Oh, enjoy. Take it away, Danielle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living Extraordinary podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your co-host, Danielle Conti. Well, it's a complete honor for me to have my friend and coach, Deborah Miller, join us today. Deborah has a background in cellular and molecular biology, and she's an EFT specialist or expert. EFT is emotional freedom technique, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Deborah, welcome to our show. Danielle, thank you for inviting me and for such an amazing introduction. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. I love it. I love it. I love to be here and I love to share about tapping. It's, well, it's fabulous. tell us a little bit about tapping. I don't know how many people are familiar with it, but what is tapping and what is EFT? Okay. okay. EFT is, is emotional freedom technique. So you know, we all want to use the short term. So we use EFT and because it's a technique where you literally do tapping on specific meridian endpoints. So it's gotten the nickname tapping. And so around the world, you'll hear either EFT or tapping as a way to describe emotional freedom techniques. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Tapping is a technique that has a mixture of tapping on meridian endpoints. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, you're stimulating those points. So you're stimulating the electromagnetic field, the energy system of the body. And while you're doing that, you're mixing a little of NLP, you're mixing a little bit of psychology, you're, you're mixing in the words and the stories that go along with something that has happened to you. Let's say an accident or something or some kind of emotional trauma. And so you can bring it up in a very gentle, easy way and allow that to come up and all the emotion around it to just disappear or fade away. Mm -hmm. So you don't change the fact that an event occurred because the event occurred, but when you don't have an emotional charge on it, it doesn't have any power over you anymore. And this is what we want. And so by doing these things, you can work with it in many different ways. You can work on the emotions that you feel at the moment. You're angry at your spouse. You're just angry at the world or something like that, or you're sad. Or you can work on a memory that occurred when you were a child. You can also listen to your physical body and listen to the messages it is giving you and then use that to look at the emotional component of physical pain. Mm -hmm. Then you can also just look at all kinds of childhood beliefs and you can start rewriting your beliefs so you aren't stuck in old patterns that you just can't seem to get out of. So tapping is really marvelous because you have so many ways that you can work with it. Mm -hmm. But the same technique, physically, you're tapping the same points throughout any, any aspect that you're looking to do, but yet the wording and the focus shifts so that what you're clearing is in a different area. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating. It is fascinating. And I know it's personally helped me and uh, we work in a group together and I've seen yes. how it's helped other people as well. And we'll get a little bit more into that. And I hope you'll take us through an actual tapping session later on. But how did sure. you get interested uh, in tapping and how, what, what was the life path that led you to, to tapping, I guess? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the actual getting in contact with tapping, I was just taking an online course. And there were people introducing different sorts of techniques and they took us through a tapping and I was like, wow, I like this. This is great. And that just stimulated me to just start learning it. So that, that, that's just the, the piece of 
taking tapping and, and how it was introduced to my life. But it's a longer story. I grew up on a farm. And when I was in high school, my parents started a health food store. So I got interested in complementary and different ways of working with health and prevention from way back. And, <laughs> and then I started studying science and education and wanted to learn some biology and the science behind what goes on in the body. And so I took a long detour and doing the whole science route for a while before I came back to doing other techniques like Reiki. And then I, I've, I've been doing different things with coaching. But tapping has been one of my mainstays. And the reason I like tapping so much is that it's really powerful, but it's very simple to use. So, you, you know, I have three-year-olds. They do tapping on their own. You don't have to know the science, but the science is fascinating to use it. So that's part of the call for me with tapping is that uh, it's very highly usable in any situation, traumatic situation, when you're just sitting at home and choosing to work on an old belief that doesn't, doesn't uh, serve you anymore. So it's, that's part of what fascinates me. And I'm very practical. Um, even though I'm a scientist, I'm very, very practical. So I want something that's easy to use. Yeah. And many techniques, it's like you can only do them if you go to someone to lead you through them. Yeah. Okay. So I look at my job as to help you investigate, to research and find out what's deeper in and help you release that. Mm -hmm. But then you get to go home and you get to use it on a daily basis for just any daily emotion or stress that comes up. And so then you are learning to manage your own emotions and your own life and empower yourself. And so that's part of mm -hmm. what I love about tapping is because you can actually use it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, those are the two main reasons why I like it as well. Uh, I like the way you bring in the scientific background to tapping. So, so many alternative healing techniques or energy, um, energy techniques are, are, questionable or people have their doubts about it but there's science behind this and that that's one of the things i love not only about you but the method itself that it that it calls for it and and the research is there um and the other reason you mentioned doing it with kids i i use it with my son i use it at home yeah. and i can do it alone it does help and it's so much more amplifying when it's with a group or with you but doing it on my own really is helpful as well and my it's empowering to my son so, um, so in that aspect, I agree. It's, it's, yes. it's transformative. Yes. And we need that. And I like the science behind it, you know, and there, there's a, a goodly amount of research articles out there now about how tapping is functioning. And most of them are based on lowering of cortisol levels in your body because you can take a saliva test for how much cortisol is in your body. And cortisol is a hormone that causes inflammation. It's one of the stress hormones in your body. So you're, you're looking at the level of stress in your body. And then, so you take the saliva test, you get your level of cortisol, then you do the tapping in the research portion of the, of the project or the, in the investigation. And then when that's done, you can go back and take the levels after and then several hours later. That's amazing. And they're finding significant amounts of reduction in the cortisol hormones in your body. And why is this important? Because, you know, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol are the three main stress hormones in your body. And we are pretty much on hyper alert in the world. You know, it's like, oh, my WhatsApp doesn't work. Oh, my internet doesn't work. And, and we're in disaster, you know, like there was a major disaster in the world and it's not. So our body is made to have those stress hormones turn on in a real crisis. So, you know, you're walking down the street and a bus comes and it's not stopping. You've got to have that system on and you jump out of the way, you know, or something else. And then it's supposed to drop off to normal levels. But what happens now, because we're stressed out all the time, is those levels stay high. Yeah. And our bodies are not made to maintain high stress hormones all the time. Right. They are there for crisis mode. And they're part of kind of like the reptilian limbic system. And they're necessary. We need to have them. But we don't need them turned on all the time. Yeah. So we need to learn tools to drop them down. So when you're dropping down cortisol levels in your body, you're dropping down the stress hormones in your body, which allows the other system to turn on 
which is the relaxation and regenerative hormones. And that's more like your serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine. Mm -hmm. So we want those turned on because that allows your immune system to help your body regenerate. Mm -hmm. Stress hormones not let you regenerate. They just keep you in chronic stress. Right. And so on the scientific level, that's one of the things I love about tapping because we can look at that and go, look, literally we are lowering stress hormones and that's really important. Mm -hmm. And it's shifting belief systems. There's some studies on um, uh, appetite and food cravings and things like that. And just after doing tapping, just looking at pictures and tapping, and after a certain number of sessions, most of those cravings go away. So we are rewriting the subconscious beliefs we have, but you're conscious. You're making the choice. Instead, the choice is being made for you. So how does this... How does this apply into every day? What, tell us about uh, the clients you work with or the people that you work with and how do you see before and after? How, how have their stress level changed or how, how has EFT impacted their life? Okay. Um, I've done tapping on so many different topics. Uh, some people have come with panic attacks, right? And so that's about the highest stress level you can get, right? I mean, they're medicated even and things like that. And so many and people so by, suffer from them. And, and just anxiety, period. Yes. You know, anxiety and fear. Right. So those are classic ways you can use tapping because the stress hormones kick up when we're in anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. So by doing the tapping physically, you're lowering the stress hormones. So you're lowering the fear, you're lowering the anxiety. But by doing the tapping, and when somebody has a situation like a panic attack, it's nice to have somebody you lead through you lead you through it because there's usually an underlying cause that may not actually be associated with right. the actual reason that the panic shows up at the moment. Right. And so that's part of my fun part is I get to help you find what that is mm-hmm. and have a conversation with you and your body and maybe your inner child who has a memory stored somewhere that when something similar occurs, then that kicks in and you mm-hmm. go into panic. Yeah. And it's amazing. People just, their panic levels drop off. They be able to manage it in between. We find the underlying reasons. And when the underlying reasons are there, they kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, I have one person, he still carries a, you know, an anti panic attack medicine with him, one tablet. He never uses it. He hasn't used it for years. But it's like his little security thing, just in case. Right. And if he wanted, he could tap that away too. Okay. Um, another example, there was a woman who had, was afraid of dogs ever since she was a kid. And as we were doing the tapping, I was asking her what the situation was like. And her neighbor was just swinging her in his arms and his dog, which was like a poodle came up and just kind of nipped her in the rear end. And it wasn't actually the dog that scared her. It was the seeing her mother across the street seeing it in the expression under the mother's face. And when she released that fear of seeing her mother in panic, then her, her fear of dogs went away. Wow. That's okay? amazing. So did she realize that she, that, that it was her mother's expression or did she have to tap through that, through that to, to surface it? Well, as we were doing the tapping and looking at the situation of when it actually happened, this was like, now we're talking like 40 some years after this little dog nipped wow. her rear end. Yeah. So she had fear for a really long time. And so as we're tapping, I said, well, what happened? And we're tapping as she's talking about, oh, my neighbor was doing this and his little poodle did that. And the other it was like, an, <gasps> you know, so then the subconscious mind brings up what was really going on. And then she became conscious of what her real fear was. Mm-hmm. So once she became conscious, then the whole charge went away. And then of course, in her case, the fear went away because it was no longer valid because she Mm -hmm. saw that she really was okay. Her mother came over, nothing happened. You know, she, it wasn't even a a bite where she had a real injury. So she could just allow it to go, Mm -hmm. but she suffered with it for years. Wow. And then with tapping, it, it, it disappeared. And is it co- completely gone or is it? Some- In her case, it is. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah. In some cases, then you have to work on the related situations like other fears of other dogs who maybe come up to a gate and 
barked at her and scared her or something like that. But in this case, it just, that was it. Released it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so this is helping people on daily, daily basis. You can see the results. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you tell us about your, your books? And, and the okay. reason I say this now is because we're talking about stories that are transformative. I see you have some pictures behind you. Yes. So, so talk about your books. Okay. Well, before I talk about the books, I'll just mention why, I, where the book came from and why that came about. I had an opportunity to do tapping with children with cancer at, at a fundraiser for kids. They're out on a park under tarps. We're not talking like ideal situation or anything. And uh, I had a, a tappy bear, as you can see in the picture behind me. And then here in my book, there's a, a bear that my friend Till Schilling created with the tapping points on it. And I used the tappy bear in tapping with like five kids. And it was fascinating. I got introduced to the head oncologist and we had a lovely conversation and it came out of my mouth. Well, what would happen if we did this with the kids in the hospital? He goes, oh, come on in. So it took us a couple months to get things organized. But when I went home, I was like, why did I say that? I have no desire to work with kids with cancer. I've never thought about doing that. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. I'll see what happens. Wow. And so going into the hospital and working with people that, I mean, they have major trauma going on. Sure. One, they've got fear from the diagnosis. They got fear about the treatments, fear about needles. They've got fear about are they going to live or not live. And now we're talking children. So we've got another layer because nobody wants to see a child ill. It just, it somehow just does not feel right to any of us. And then you've got stressed parents, you've got overworked nurses, and then you've got the medical staff. So many. So levels. I had this amazing opportunity to go into a hospital setting and do tapping right there in the rooms with the children, with the parents. Uh, sometimes we did it individually and then we did a group with the parents, we did a group with the nurses. And it was amazing to see the difference. They would calm down, they would relax. Uh, one example is Diego um, was really fearful about having a spinal tap and I don't blame them. Who wants to have a needle stuck into their spinal cord? It's not a pleasant treatment. Now he's, he's like three. And so I was teaching him how to breathe and how to do the tapping so that we were imagining it before it even happened. This is another aspect of tapping that's great. So we were tapping about getting ready, being calm, going into the treatment room, how that felt, releasing that fear. Every little step we went and tapped about it before he would go in. And then when he came back out, we would tap about any residual kinds of tension and tightness in his body and the injection point of the needle and things. So one day his parents saw him doing tapping and they're like, what are you doing? Oh, he says, you know, um, basically he was saying, well, when I tap, it hurts less because they knew he was waiting to go have a spinal tap. I wasn't there that day. So here's a three-year-old. He knows none of the science. He knows none of the rest. All he knows is I got my, my little fingers here. I can tap on these points and I can make it hurt less. Mm -hmm. And so that for me is one of the main things I loved about tapping is that it's empowering these children yeah. to be in charge of part of their life in the midst of a really difficult situation. Yeah. Right? Something, it was like taking control of an aspect of something that they could otherwise not really take control of. Right. Uh, sit there and go, well, here I am. I, right. I have no choice. Yes. I can cry and scream and fight, but they're going to do it anyway. Or you can make yourself feel better and you can manage it. Yeah. And then we would do tapping about how to talk with their body or talk with like, if they had leukemia, talk with their blood cells or talk with their tumor and start asking their body what was going on, what hurt was being stored there mm -hmm. so that they would have an image and visualize how they could let go of that hurt or find out what it was, let go of that hurt, and then use other imaging along with tapping to help their body visualize as well as lower the stress hormones, which then is allowing their own immune system to kick up into a higher level, right? Yeah. So it's like, let's empower children. And then of course, parents, you know, no parent wants to have a sick child. And so they are completely stressed out, sitting in chairs, no place 
to have privacy and, and worried and many, many, many hours away from their family. And so we would do tapping as well. And when the parent relaxes, it's like the child almost immediately relaxes because they are their big person. They are what they look to to see what's going on. And so you get the parents to relax and worry, release their worries and stress. Then they don't get sick so that they're not infecting the rest of the kids in the hospital because their immune systems are down. So there's all kinds of things. You're empowering the child and they also have an activity they can do with their child so they both feel better, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a very coordinated kind of aspect. And then working with the nurses. I had a couple of nurses, whenever they'd see me come in, Deborah, come on over, I have to, I have to, I have to, you know, put an IV in. And I'd be japping on the child on the bed. And she's like, when you do that, it's like the vein comes up. Wow. Right? So what happens Incredible. instead of the child being tight and tense, and that's when your veins kind of disappear. Right. So you relax and they can come to the surface. Right. So her job less painful yeah. because she didn't want to have to inject a child or try to put an IV and take one or two or three times. Yeah. So it created a, a better connection between the children, the parents and the nurses as well. Yeah. And so there was all different kinds of aspects. And sometimes it's like the cleaning lady was freaked out because one of her favorite kids was not feeling well. So how does this, how did that lead you to your book? So kids and parents would always respond when I say, oh, are you practicing tapping? Oh, I forgot. Well, I don't know how to do it as well as you do. You do it better. And finally I went, okay, let me write down what I do. Let me create something that provides some background about where this came from, how I got there what the technique is like, how it works on your body. And then basically I took 10 stories of real life tapping with children in the hospital and various different techniques from putting in an IV to the child you see behind me here, Javier. Um, he had an appendicitis and after his appendicitis, his diagnosis for her survival rate dropped from 80-20 to 50-50. So... He's old enough to understand what's going on and he got really scared and because his immune system dropped after that then he couldn't continue with his treatments and so that worried him any, even more so we sat down and we did tapping like 20 minutes about his immune system and his defenses being slow like a turtle like in the image and then we continued to do the tapping and we changed it to his defenses being fast, like a cheetah. And so all of a sudden his fear went away, his desire to just, you know, keep going and doing whatever he needed to do was fine. He goes home and he comes back and that was like a Thursday afternoon. I come in on Monday, there he is, and he's getting his treatments. So I started checking. Well, mom didn't do anything different. The doctor didn't change anything with his treatments or anything. So basically in those days, his change of attitude, lowering the stress hormones, let his system come back online enough so that he could continue with his treatments. So in, um, the book has taken a couple of forms. So the original version is the dragon with flames of love. That story is in here and it describes how, what we did and actually a tapping kind of story so you can tap along. And then I also describe how you can say, well, maybe your animal's not a turtle and a, and a cheetah. Maybe it's something else. So you can start modifying and changing the story to fit your needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then um, I did a, re a revision. And so I just called it Tap It All Better Now. And the stories are the same, but I added a different uh, introduction. The book is also in Spanish and in print and digital form in English and Spanish. And it's also in print form in French. So that, that's been really wonderful. So the stories provide a way that, that kids and parents can read and learn. And I made the book very colorful. Mm -hmm. So everything inside is colorful. The stories are there, the images are there. Let me see if I can find some more stories. Um, so we talk about all kinds of different things. 
so um, here's even a spinal, you know, or I'm sorry, here's even getting an IV put in, you know, wow. prickly like, like cactus and, and then being calm and settled like she's floating in the ocean. Wow. Okay. So the woman who did the artwork was amazing. She just captured the essence of this. And so the book is inviting and it has a lot of information and you can just go right to the stories and play with them. And you and can we'll use it the whether link. you have an illness or not, you know? Okay. I have friends who just go, oh, I'm just feeling off. I don't know what. And they'll just open up a story and they'll start tapping along. And then all of a sudden their own words start kicking in oh. as to what they need. So it's useful if you have an illness, whether you're a child or an adult, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the essence of what you need to do is there. So one story is about a child who always had a lot of fear. She was afraid of everything. Even, even though nothing was wrong, she was already fearful. Mm -hmm. And so we just tapped with the image of imaginary balloons. She'd pull all her fear in there and send it away. Well, you can do that whether you have an illness or not. Sure. So I, I tried to make things in a way that it was multi usable, yes. even though the stories themselves are based on children with cancer in a hospital setting. Great. Thank you so much. So, so practical and, uh, and useful for everyone. I, as soon as you talked about tapping on that fear, I was thinking, oh, when I was a child, I was afraid of everything. That's perfect. Perfect. Because it's yeah. like you said, it doesn't have to apply to just one situation. It's fear, fear in general. Yes. You could tap on. Yeah. yeah. There, there's another story about fear of going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. and, and it created anxiety in the child and fights between the mother and the child. They would fight for days before going to the hospital for treatments and stuff. And it creates a really uncomfortable and unhappy situation. Well, you could be afraid to go to school or not want to go to school, not want to go to the dentist. You can use the same story yeah. and just modify the concepts there for the situation at hand. And this is the other practical part about tapping. You can use it on anything practically. Well, know? let's, let's do that now. I think that's a great lead sure. into to practicing tapping. Is there something okay. that we could specifically tap on just so everyone sure. can see a, a general tap through what it looks like and that you could use on a daily basis? Sure. Hmm. We can just kind of look at stress or tension in the body. Yeah, tension in the or, body. That, that tension in the body. Okay. Tension in the body, so, yeah. I, I do this a lot in workshops, one, because it's easy and you see the physical and the emotional aspect. Uh -huh. So we're just going to take three deep breaths just to kind of get ourselves, you know, just breathing. And then it's not just because we've been breathing shallowly. We're going to just take three deep breaths. And then we're just going to kind of scale how well we think we're breathing. And in this case, we're actually using the scale the opposite of what we normally do when we're tapping. For example... If I'm tapping on anger and I'm furious, that's a 10. And I'm only kind of pissed off. Maybe that's a five and a zero is no anger. But in breathing, we're doing the opposite. So um, well, everybody's breathing, so the lowest would be a one. Uh -huh. And then the breathing at the maximum where you inhale, it is well, it goes down well. There's expansion in your chest and your belly. There's no tightness in your back, your belly, anywhere in your body. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we hold tension in our neck and our shoulders. So that would be a 10 on, on this breathing scale. And we're just going to look. at subjective. It's just what you feel. There's no right, wrong answer. We're just looking at a starting point to get us an idea of are things shifting or not shifting. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's just take a deep breath in. We're going to do three times. So breathe in deeply. And then just exhale slowly. And take a deep breath in. Exhale slowly. Take another deep breath in. And exhale slowly. Okay. So Danielle, since you're going to be our, our scaler today, on take another deep breath and then scale it on a zero to ten. How profoundly do you feel like you're breathing just at this moment? I would say six, six and a half. Okay. And so where are you feeling like tension or things mm -hmm. in your body that make you feel it's a six, six and a half? 
I feel like it's like my breath is kind of stopping and not going all the way. It's getting stuck here in my chest and in the back. Okay. Not okay. the back. All right. No neck, no head kind of thing. Not so much. Not, not so, so much. much. It's this okay. area. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we can look at that because it's different for everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to say the simplest phrases possible just to show you how absolutely simply you can do this. And then we'll go into a little something a little bit more profound. So we're going to tap on the, vol the following points and I'm not even going to explain them all. We're just going to do it together. So you want to tap on the side of hand. We call this the karate chop or the friendly point. Okay, and, and just before before you continue, some of this will be on audio only. So as much okay. descriptive as you can with it, that would be I will. great. And I will do. Thank you. Okay, so we're at the top. We're at the side of the hand, mm -hmm. between the wrist and the knuckle. Okay, so it's kind of like if you were doing a karate chop to hit something, that's where you want to hit it on the side of the hand. Okay. So I'll just explain the points then since some people will be on audio. The next point we're going to use is we're going to tap on the top of her head. And really we're just using two or three finger fingers and we're just gently going tap, 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 tap. We're not hitting hard. We're just doing gentle, gentle, you know, taps. It's a stimulation. And so we're tapping at the very center or the crown of the head. And you can do one hand or you can do two hands when you're doing this. So the next point is that the eyebrow, where it begins, the closest to your, to your nose, the bridge of your nose, and then the following one after that is side of the eye, so kind of at the temple, right? And then after that is under the eye, so you want to go right under the eye. And the next one is tapping gently under your nose, then we're going to tap under the lips, kind of like where a goatee would be on a guy, and then we're going to tap on our collarbone, so you find, well, underneath our collarbone. Find the collarbone, and then you're gonna kind of go where that big knob is, go just out and down, and there's kind of like a little indentation, just right under your collarbone, okay? okay. And the next one is where kids kind of like this because we get to be kind of like monkeys. So you're tapping under the arm about, I don't know, three to four inches underneath your armpit, okay? So it really is kind of monkey-like. So you can do one hand, on one side, one hand on the other side, or you can use both hands and do both, okay? So it's very, very flexible. There's another point that's actually like right on the rib, and not everybody uses it just because it's not that easy to, to explain to people in classes, but it's a great point to use, especially if you have anger. And then we're gonna tap the two wrists together, okay? So those are the points we're gonna use. All right, so we're gonna go back to breathing. So we're gonna tap on the side of the hand, and Danielle, if you just repeat after me and just say, even though I have this restricted breathing. Even though I have this restricted breathing. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. And even though I have this restricted breathing. And even though I have this restrictive breathing. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Even though I'm not breathing deeply. Even though I'm not breathing deeply. And I have tension. And I have tension. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Okay, now we're gonna just do a simple round in the rest of the points, starting with the top of the head. And we're gonna do restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Eyebrows, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Side of the eye, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Under the eye, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Under the nose, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Under the lips, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Collarbone, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Underneath the arm, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. The, um, the rib point, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. And the, and the wrist point, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Let's just do it one more time. Top of the head, this restricted breathing. This restricted breathing. Eyebrows, this restricted breathing. This restricted breathing. Side of the eye, my, my breathing is restricted. My breathing is restricted. Under the eye, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Under the nose, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Under the lips, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Collarbone, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Okay. Under the arm, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. The rib point, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. And the wrist point, restricted breathing. Restricted breathing. Okay. Now we're going to take another deep breath and just determine what number you have now. So breathe in. 
And then exhale. Ooh, it definitely went, it, it definitely went up. I feel, um, I feel like my, my first thought was 7.58. Okay. Yeah. And what did we do? A minute and a half? Two yeah. minutes? It's, Maybe it's, it's noticeably like I had a pain that I felt that was restricting me from breathing and it's, it's leveled up. It's gone down a lot. It's gone down a lot, mm -hmm. which allows your chest to expand and the yeah. air to enter more profoundly. Right. Okay? And that is just looking at kind of a physical piece. We're just using a really, really simple way to do the tapping. And I decided to do two rounds because as you're doing the tapping, you're already starting to lower the stress hormones in your body, mm -hmm. right? It's like your body starts to sit yes. more deeply in your chair. You know, your shoulders start to drop down. Yeah, and you feel that. You just start to feel it, right? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. like a release. You can, you can feel it startly, starting to, to go down, just immediately. It's starting coming. to go down. Yeah. Okay. So let's continue another little set, but let's throw in kind of some emotional things, you okay. know, so we'll just just kind of stress. We won't do anything so specific. So let's again do the, the karate chop point, side of your hand. So even though I still have restricted breathing. Even though I still have restricted breathing. I'm really a wonderful person. I'm really a wonderful person. And even though I have all this stress. And even though I have all this stress. That makes me tense. That makes me tense. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. And even though I have all this tension. And even though I have all this tension and all this stress and all this stress every day, all day, every day, all day. And I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Okay. Top of the head. The stress in my life, the stress in my life from the moment I get up to the moment I go to sleep from the moment I get up to the moment I go to sleep. Eyebrow. There is always something. There's always something. Okay. Side of the eye. If it isn't work, if it isn't work, it's maybe my kids. It's maybe my son. Right? Maybe my partner or husband. Maybe right? my partner. The wife, depending on, right? Under the eye. Uh, maybe just the traffic and the getting to work. Maybe just traffic getting to work. Under the nose. There's all this stress. There's all this stress. Underneath the lips. Always something to try and do right. Always something to try and do right. Collarbone. I'm always stressing about getting it right. I'm always stressing about getting it right. Yeah. Underneath the arm. There's always so much to do. There's always so much to do. And it feels never ending. And it feels never ending. Okay. And the rib points, just dealing with my email every day. Just dealing with my email every day. Can be a stressor. Can be a stressor. And wrist point, that doesn't even include work. That doesn't even include work. And maybe my boss. And maybe my boss. And maybe my coworkers. And maybe my coworkers. And the quantity of things we need to get done. And the quantity of things we need to get done. Even when we're getting along well. And even, even when we're getting along well. <laughs> Top of the head. All of this stress. All of this stress. Eyebrows. My stress. My stress. Everybody else's stress. Everybody else's stress. Side of the eye. Even when I'm not stressed, somebody else is. Even when I'm not stressed, somebody else is. Under the eye. And I feel it. And I feel it. Under the nose. But I choose to let go of my stress. But I choose to let go of my stress. And under the lips. And I choose to just breathe deeply. And I choose to just breathe deeply. And know that I get to choose. And know that I get to choose. Collarbone. I get to breathe deeply. I get to breathe deeply. Feel calm. Feel calm. Trust in myself. Trust in myself. Underneath the arm. It will all be okay. It will all be okay. If I breathe deeply. If I breathe deeply. Everything I do will be easier. Everything I do will be easier. And then the, the rib point. So I choose to breathe deeply. So I choose to breathe deeply. Calm my mind. Calm my mind. So I make wise choices. So I make wise choices. Okay. And the wrist point. I take a deep breath right now. And know that I get to choose. I take a deep breath right now and know that I get to choose. Okay. Let's do one other quick little round. Top of the head. I can choose to let things bother me. I can choose to let things bother me. 
Or I can take a deep breath. Or I could take a deep breath. In the eyebrow. And take it step by step. And take it step by step. Side of the eye. I can smile. I can smile. Choose to feel okay. Choose to feel okay. Choose to get centered. Choose to get centered. Underneath the eye. And know it's really okay. And know it's really okay. I'll get everything I need to get done. Uh, I'll get everything I need to get done. And the rest will wait. And the rest will wait. Under the nose. And when I'm calm. And when I'm calm. Everything I do is easier. Everything I do is easier. <laughs> and under the lips. And it's easier to interact with my son. <laughs> and it's easier to interact with my son. Eh? As long as I'm calm. As long as I'm calm. And the collarbone. So I choose that. So I choose that. I give myself permission. I give myself permission. To relax. To relax. To take it step by step. To take it step by step. Okay. Underneath the arm. It's really okay. It's really okay. To let this go. To let this go. And the rib point. And choose. And choose. To be calm. To be calm. And take things step by step. And take things step by step. And the wrist point. Because I want to have a fabulous day. Because I want to have a fabulous day. And do everything well. And do everything well. And treat my body well. And treat my body well. By breathing deeply. By breathing deeply. Okay. So take another breath and check where you are on, this, on your one to 10 scale. Is, it's up near nine. I would say, I would say nine. I, I'm always like, should I give myself a 10? But I, I'm going to go with nine. Okay. And then what you said is perfect because that would be a belief to work on. Am I allowed to be a 10 in my breathing? Okay. So then that would be a clue for me as a practitioner to go, oh, there are some other underlying beliefs that don't allow this breath to be 100%. Yeah. And it's not good or bad. It just is. And so with each person, you start looking at, well, what are these other things that are inhibiting mm-hmm. the person from breathing as profoundly as they can? Yeah. That's okay. one of the things I like about tapping with you or in a group setting, because things come up that on your own, they may not come up as much, but I'm certainly going to say tap at home and do it by yourself. But yeah. Um, yeah, but tapping with you or a practitioner is helpful because- you, you, you know, you can point out somebody's blind spots that, that they yeah. don't want to take it to the le- next level or that they're resistant and you, and that's, what's so helpful. Sure. So thank you. Cause our, cause our ego gets in the way yeah. and our automatic pilot beliefs get in the way. Right. And we're not consciously aware of them. So if we're not consciously aware, then how do we change them? Yeah. Right. Right. So you can do many things. You can write a list of all the traumas, big and small in your life, and you can, tap through them one and one, one by one. And the big ones, it's definitely nice to have somebody walk you through and guide you through and help you find things. Right. And then there's also the aspect of doing things in group. There's a part where working in group, you see things in other people that you have that you didn't realize you have. Yes. And there's the connection of the energetics of it. Now we're going to quantum physics. The energetics of it, right? So you're calming your body. The other person is too. And so it has an amplified effect as well. Whereas an individual session, the words may be much more specific to you and the topics you need to to clear out individually. Yeah, there's all these ways to use it, which is really delightful. It's always beneficial, whichever way you use it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as you use it. Right, as long as you use it. That's the key. Yeah. And is there any, is there anything that should, people should be aware of when using it? Like, um, it doesn't, it, it's not like, you know, some, some type of psychologies, I guess, or practices it's, you would want somebody definitely to be there because it would open up a can of worms with, with could, tapping. Yeah. That's why you said with a practitioner, but is there any kind of thing that sh- people should be cautious of, I guess? And in general, it's a technique that you can use. Uh, pretty safely there, you know, like um, PTSD and a war veteran, I would probably recommend that you start with someone else Mm -hmm. to really start working through things, but it doesn't mean you can't 
use it. Uh-huh. You know, there's certain things where sexual abuse and maybe a very, um, very big accident, trauma sorts of things. Yeah. You might want to have somebody with you, mm-hmm. but there, you, you just kind of need to check. And, and here's the nice thing about tapping. Even if something comes up, even if you get triggered by an emotion right, right. or a memory, mm-hmm. the lovely thing about tapping is you, you can just tap the points and not say anything until you calm back down. Yes. And I have found in my experience that most of the time it, that emotion never stays up more than maybe a minute to two, three minutes max, usually 30 seconds to a minute, mm-hmm. and then you're calming. Right. So even if by accident you're doing something and a memory comes up, just know, just keep tapping. Even if you're not saying anything and your system will come back down and calm down because you're calming those, ner- those, those stress hormones again. Mm-hmm. So it, it allows you to do things without getting into so much worry about, should I do this or not do this? because you could go, oh, I learned something here. I managed to get myself calm enough. Now I can set up an appointment with someone. But it's very, very rare that I've ever encountered anybody who felt like they have just gone off the end and they shouldn't have done tapping. Um, Actually, I can't think of any, to be honest. Right. Yeah. None comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. One of the things I, I like about tapping through it with with you or with other people is that phrases come up and then I'll think about them. As you mentioned, it's, it's like, Oh wow. I hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, when you, when you were saying that, Oh, maybe this isn't my stress, this is somebody else's stress. And it's like, Oh yeah. Sometimes we take on other people's stresses or some other energy that's not even our own and we take it and we think it's our own or, or it affects us somehow, but then we could tap through it and just let that go. And well, that's not really my emotion actually. And now I've just let that go. And then maybe I have other emotions, but that one wasn't it. Um, so, so yeah, it's nice to bring that to light too. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, we are all connected in so many ways and, you know, you go out, you go to a stressful workplace and, the minute you walk in, it's like you're walking into a box of stress. Yeah. And so if you're a very stressful person, it's like it just turns your stress on along with everyone else's. Right. But there's another benefit to that is one is recognizing it and then, you know, creating some distance between you and that stress that's not yours. But the other thing is if you're doing tapping every day and maybe you're sitting in the car or maybe you run to the bathroom to do two minutes of tapping because you're stressed at work and you come back in, now you are creating a more peaceful field yeah. that helps other people calm down. So there's, there's benefits for others right. as well by you doing it. Yeah. That's so great. I like all that. It makes it just very, very fun. Yeah. Very, very fun. Well, thank you so much for sharing this practical technique. I love it. I hope, I hope other people use it. I know it's becoming more popular, mainstream. You're using it in hospitals. I'm sure it's happening in other places also. So I'm glad to see that there, it's using in conjunction with other therapies, with mainstream medicine. It doesn't, it doesn't have to, it's not like it's exclusive. It, it goes with anything that you're doing. It's, just, it's an accompaniment. Yes. Yeah, in the past, people used to start saying that this was an alternative. And as I started working with the kids in the hospital, I was like, no, this is complementary. Yes. This is an addition to, right. it, it takes nothing away from whether you are choosing a natural way to bring yourself back to health or an allopathic way to come back to health. It works in both situations yes. as a complementary way to manage your emotions and your feelings because they they're a huge component. Of your healing process, right? And our body needs to have that, and our mind being in a calm space and a positive space and a choosing space of what you want to see as the outcome makes things very, very different than staying in fear because yes. that just keeps lowering your immune system even more. Absolutely. So then you're really participating in your healing process. Yes. When you've got this kind of technique. Yes. You know. Yeah. Thank you for you that. Know, you can use it in schools. I've been using it for, right. and I've used it as well for kids to um, release math anxiety or fears of taking exams or improving their grades. Yeah. Bullying. You know, when all of a sudden somebody says something, it just doesn't bother you. It's like the bully tends to go away. 
because right. if you don't respond, there's, there's no Trigger. give and take and, yeah. and it just kind of disappears. Yeah. So it's a very, very flexible technique. It's extremely useful, very powerful, very easy. And you know, it, it's fun. You can make it really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. I love our groups. Well, thank you, Deborah. Before, before we yeah. finish up here, uh, is there any other thing that you want to mention bef uh, about tapping or anything else? Uh, and to let the audience know, we're going to have your, your information is in the, in our notes and how they can get in contact with you, but also please let us know how we can get in contact with you. I think that I would recommend tapping to everybody. It's fun. It's easy. It's really, really useful. My friend Johnny Wittes and I are working on a, a book called Feel Better Fast. So it's looking at the traumatic situations that occur. We've got fires, we've got earthquakes, we've got shootings, we've got all kinds of things. So we're putting together a book on how to first take care of yourself, then how to help others, mm -hmm. and then how to teach others. So we're working on that. That's a book in process and a course that's coming up. All right. We'll look out for that when it comes out. I can't wait for that. That's so important right now. It is important. And we're realizing that. And both she and I want things to be very stepwise, very easy, very easy to follow and, and give people those insights on how you can use this technique in a situation. There's nothing like going into hospital, working with children with cancer, and you have no idea what you're going to find from one bed to the next and one room to the next mm -hmm. to make you go, I, I need to just really be present and really tap for myself so that I can be there and provide what I need to provide for the people around me. So yeah. that was my personal experience with that. So John D and I are working on that. You can reach me uh, at my website, which is Deborah at DebraMiller.org. You can also call my U S number, which is 713-893-3440. Uh, let's see. Yeah, those would be the most practical ways to reach me. Great. And, and, so, and you also do video conferences. I know you have clients all over the world. Yes, so. I do. Yes. I do uh, individual and group sessions on Zoom. Fabulous technology. And so, yeah, just reach out to me and, and would be happy. I do sessions in English and Spanish. Those are my, my two languages. So I can Spanglish along with the best of them and you know and i would absolutely absolutely be honored to provide support and help for anyone who wants to just get in a better space you know and have more personal power and and getting that very self-loving place so they can do their best in the world well, thank you, Deborah. It has been a pleasure and honor to have you with us today. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed our meeting with Deborah, and please reach out. I know she'd love to hear from you. And that's it. That's our episode for today. So thanks, everyone. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye.